0: Conspiracy show with Richard Seren from Zuma Radio, AM seven forty. Hey, welcome to the program, friends. Say hello to uh, my technical producer, David Gaskin. Listeners, David Gaskin. David Gaskin. Listeners. Uh, a little um, rushed getting into the studio. Uh, I just down the hall. There's a, a larger studio, and we were shooting some segments for the uh, the TV show, uh, the Conspiracy Show, and. Uh didn't leave me a lot of time after we were finished there, and I was hungry. So I jumped in the car. I said, David, you know, I've, I've been doing a show here at 550 Queen for th- almost three years. It will be the third anniversary on August the 16th. And uh, I, I haven't even ventured really into the neighborhood because normally I've eaten by the time I get here. But I was hungry. So I said, David, where can I go? And he just pointed that way. So I drove over that beautiful little bridge over the Don River and into, uh, well, Queen Street East. And there I found this little... Um, Sushi place, nice little place, and uh, but you'd think after all these years in broadcasting, I'd know better. I took, I ordered takeout, a steaming container of beef udon noodles. I mean, this thing, it might cool down by the time I turn out the lights and, and say goodnight. <laughs> but what am I going to do with a steaming? I can't eat this. Uh, I'll just slurp it through a straw very quickly during the uh, the breaks. Uh, if I had to do it all over again. Uh, I would have ordered it much earlier. If I had to do it, I, I could do it all over again if we had time machines, of course, right? I could step into a little machine and go back in time. And we're going to talk about, that is my favorite topic, if you didn't know already. Time travel? Come on. Is that not the coolest thing to contemplate being able to travel backwards and forwards in time? Uh And uh, we're going to get into that right away. But first, let me welcome another affiliate to the program. Uh, very, very honored and pleased to welcome WIXIAM in Birmingham, Alabama uh, to the Conspiracy Show. So to all the folks down at WIXIAM, Birmingham, welcome aboard. And uh, we'll just add that to our, our burgeoning list of affiliates, uh, WKAC-AM in Huntsville, Alabama, and WZGM-AM Asheville, North Carolina, and of course, our flagship station here at the new AM seven forty Zoomer Radio in Toronto, Canada. All right, let's talk time travel, folks. And uh we're gonna do that with this this is um, one of those rare individuals who is able to just churn out quality material. It seems like I'm gonna ask her, but I I'm I'm betting you she puts out about three great books a year. Maybe two, but This is another good one. It's called This Book is from the Future, A Journey Through Portals, Relativity, Wormholes, and Other Adventures in Time Travel. Marie Jones is a best-selling author, screenwriter, researcher, radio show host, and public speaker. She's the author of uh, This Book is from the Future, which I just mentioned, and a whole whack of other great books. Marie Jones, welcome once again to The Conspiracy Show. How are you?
1: I'm oh, good. Good to talk to you.
0: Again. Good to have you on with us once again. Uh, you know, I first got really excited about uh, time travel, like a lot of people, you know, reading H.G. Wells, uh, uh, and, and then I met this gentleman from the University of Connecticut, uh, Professor, um, Mallet. Oh, yes. Who's working on a theoretical, uh, time machine and, and this, the whole backstory of how You know, his father, who he just idolized and worshipped, the sun, you know, rose and set on his father. And when he passed away suddenly in his 30s, in the 50s, um, Ronald Mallett was absolutely devastated. And then he retreated into this world of comic books and started reading H.G. Wells' The Time Machine and figured, if I can build my own time machine, I'll travel back. I, I still get a lump in my throat telling this story. I'll travel back in time to save my father and right. here is Ronald Mallet now in his 60s and he still feels the same way now he realizes because of certain paradoxes he can't travel back in time to 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 save his father but he's still you know working away on a theoretical time machine Exactly Marie when did you first get interested in the, the concept of time travel
1: Oh I since childhood I was one of those kids that liked science and science fiction stories and You know, growing up with Star Trek and Star Wars and all the different science fiction movies and TV shows. I mean, it's everywhere. It was in novels and short stories. And I think naturally we're drawn to trying to control things that we can't control. Space, where we're sort of, over my lifetime, I've seen a lot of real wonderful and amazing progress in space travel. But time is the one thing we haven't been able to really do that with yet. So I think it's a, it's a human fascination to be able to control time. I think we all inherently want to go back and relive some times from our past or try to change things or see into the future, see what we're going to become or, uh, you know, what our families will become, or what might happen if the world might end. So I think it's part of our humanity. Uh, but it's the one thing too that really we have not been able to control yet
0: uh, we should also point out that uh, you wrote this book along with uh, your co author Larry Flaxman. Uh, mm-hmm. Marie Jones is with us. This book is from the future. Um, I need you to, to to help me out with something Marie because i've every time I, I ask a theoretical physicist or an astrophysicist, I ask him this question, I get a different answer, and maybe you had the same experience albert einstein 's theory of relativity or special theory of relativity, did it allow or or forbid time travel into the future?
1: Well, it's sort of ambiguous because it, without us being able to move beyond the limitations of light speed, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, everything that Einstein did and, and everything that he, uh, all of the laws that he discovered, Hinted at the possibility. Certainly there is, uh, the theory of, or not the theory, it's actually a law of time dilation and the fact that when you're traveling as closer to the speed of light, time will slow down. The problem is, is that we can't go back into the uh, uh, past or into the future without first breaching the speed of light. And that was one of Einstein's biggest challenges. He died before he could figure it out and we still you know, after his death. We still haven't figured out that limitation. But everything that he did, you know, his his work with Nathan Rosen in, into wormholes, which were called Einstein-Rosen bridges, all under the, the theory that perhaps these were shortcuts through space and time that could be used. So it's, it's almost like all of the work he did was a part of his desire to see time travel become a reality. You know, he was obsessed obviously with space and Time and space are, are interconnected, so therefore he was obsessed with time. But again, always coming up to that light speed limitation, and he died before he could find a way around it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there aren't scientists today or maybe in the near future that will do that.
0: And, and, and time travel to the future is, is obviously the, the big stumbling block, because Theoretically, not even theoretically. Practically, we have proven that time travel to the past—nanoseconds, mind you—but time travel to the past is uh, is feasible, and in fact, we've done it with those, you know, that, that experiment with the big two atomic clocks, right?
1: Right. Well, actually, there have been some experiments with photons, with uh, light particles, where they have sent them into the future. Uh, but again, like you said, you know a nanosecond of a nano nano of a nanosecond, and certainly, this is on a particle level and, and in no way can it yet be extrapolated to anything bigger than that but um a lot of these physicists believe that time travel to the future is actually more doable because of the paradoxes of if you go back into the past how do you, you know, what do you do to the the current timeline? What might you change or how could you change the current timeline? Because if you go back to the past, you're going to affect something. So you have all these paradoxes. Right, the
0: grandfather paradox where you accidentally run over your granddad, therefore your parents aren't born, therefore you're not born.
1: Exactly. So future time travel is actually more, I I don't want to say acceptable, that might not be the right word, but more theoretically doable than traveling back to the past because of all those paradoxes. However, what's really cool, <laughs> we wrote a lot about it in the book, is that there is a way around those paradoxes to travel back in the past. And that would be if you were to introduce the idea of parallel universes or the multiverse theory, the idea that there are other timelines, uh, alternate timelines where you could go back and you could shoot your grandfather and kill him because maybe he's a jerk. (laughs) And in that particular timeline, yes, you would not be born. But in in an offshoot, the multiverse theory proposes that every time uh, there is a decision or choice made, another universe springs forth to accommodate all the other choices and decisions that could have been made. So maybe in timeline A, you're not going to exist. But in timeline B, you will And and timeline F and G and Z and, you know, on and on. so But that's all theoretical. So that's like the only way around the paradoxes right now is to think of, well, okay, maybe there's more than one timeline. And we can go back and we can mess up one. And it may mess up this future timeline that we're in now, but it won't in other universes, other dimensions, what have you.
0: Not to be a real stickler, Marie, but would that technically be time travel or would you simply be jumping to another dimension? And, and you know a multiverse you're,
1: <laughs> you're right because in the timeline that you're in, you're pretty much voiding your own <laughs> existence, so yes, it is interdimensional, and what's really cool is that these again are ideas that have been present in science fiction forever, so what's real interesting is that then you have science, you have physicists catching up and and actually looking at the paradoxes that were first introduced in a lot of science fiction and saying, okay, these are real, these paradoxes. How do we get around them? How do we get around causality, the idea that cause and effect, if you go back in time and you change one cause, you're going to change a whole series of follow-up cause and effects from that. Um, I don't know if you've read the book by Stephen King that came out not too long ago. On JFK? yeah yeah
0: oh yes uh, sort of the what if type scenarios if jfk had uh, had lived is that this is that the same one we're talking about?
1: no well, what he does is he tells the story of a of a guy who is given the ability to go back in time and stop the assassination right, but what he does is just so brilliantly show how these paradoxes come into play and how and that you're changing something for the betterment of humanity and end up making it much worse.
0: Exactly. Listen, to I gotta, I gotta take a time out to Marie. We'll come back on the other side. Marie Jones, this book is from the future. It doesn't matter how you cut it. You, if you travel back in time, sooner or later, you're gonna have to sit through the ice capades again. That, sh- <laughs> that should be enough to swear anyone off time travel. Back with more of the conspiracy show. Don't go away. From Yeti to Nessie, pyramids to pandemics, all is revealed on the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. David, is that, um, is that from Planet of the Apes? Is that John Williams? Or it sounds somewhat reminiscent of that. You know that scene in Planet of the Apes, the original, the original movies. You know where they're racing through the cornfield and the gorillas are on horseback and. Um imagine stepping into a time machine and uh talk there's a multiverse scenario from hell, right? Ending up in a planet of the apes. Uh, Marie Jones is uh, with us and the book is This Book is From the Future A Journey Through Portals, Relativity, Wormholes, and Other Adventures in Time Travel. Uh the co author is Larry Flaxman. Marie, you were telling me about uh Stephen King's um, uh, one of his I guess it's his latest book. Who knows? What time is yeah. it? it- <laughs>
1: I think he might have had another one just yes. out recently. exactly. I mean, in the
0: elevator on the way up to his apartment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but right. uh, JFK and the scenario is someone travels back in time and saves JFK's life, thinking it would be a good idea, but it sets a whole bunch of other things in motion that aren't so good.
1: Right, and the idea also is that, uh, and I won't give away too much, it's just an absolutely amazing book. And and Stephen King actually did a lot of research and worked with a researcher uh, looking at all the different paradoxes and really getting into them. And it's, it's such a wonderful education. If you don't feel like reading the more physics, nonfiction books, I mean, you could read his book and really get an education on why this is such a problem. Uh, the character in the book at the same time tries to make another small change So I mean, you know, stopping an assassination is a big change, and obviously the cause and effect chain that that would create would be massive, but he also uh, makes the point of trying to change something very small and personal, and yet that also creates a chain of cause and effect that, that is disastrous, so the whole idea is, can we go back to the past and fix something without breaking the future, and I thought that was just a wonderful way to look at it, we have no idea, uh, it, you know, the butterfly effect, the very smallest, most minute change that we might make, how that could snowball and create something that we just can't even imagine in the future. So it's really a good wake up call uh, uh, for the ethics and morality of time travel, which Larry and I talk a lot about in the book, too, because it's not something people think about that often.
0: Well, it's also our- a wonderful lesson for just how we conduct our daily lives. If uh, Granted, if you travel back in time. Uh, everything you do will have consequences, but that also applies to the here and now every exactly. every everything you do uh will uh set in motion an incredible you know domino effect for good or bad and it's up to us
1: right. and why do why do most people want to go back in time? they want to fix something
0: yeah regret so regret
1: ideas- Don't screw up now, and you won't want to go back to the past 10 years from now and fix. You won't have anything to fix. So it really is about regret and bad decisions and not thinking about what you're doing. And yet also realizing how interconnected everything is. And the idea is that you could go back in time and change something in your life. Kiss that girl that you always wanted to kiss in high school, or you know, catch that ball in little league that you dropped. What have you? What you don't realize, though, is how you're affecting everybody around you, whose lives, because of those simple things, are also going to be changed. And that's where the idea of ethics comes into play. Do does anybody have the right to go back in time? and change an interconnected web of timelines that are all working together with cause and effect.
0: It's an excellent point, you know, because when we think of the the, the grandfather paradox, that's pretty cut and dried. But what you're saying is everywhere you step, if you travel back in time, everywhere you step, you're creating a a paradox. It's unavoidable. There's nothing you can do but create, you know, a paradox or potential uh, problems going forward. So it's a minefield. It's a minefield.
1: Yeah and not doing anything. You're still changing something. You're you're revisiting the past alone is an act of change.
0: What about mentally traveling back in time? Like remote viewers, for example, uh, who who, uh, believe that they can transcend time and space, but they're not physically... Let's say someone wants to go back and witness the crucifixion of Jesus Christ to see if it actually happened. And there they are um uh, but it's from what my you you tell me if I 'm wrong, but my understanding is that it it would be like them watching a movie they 're not actually able to manipulate their environment right. interact with it so they they would avoid the paradoxes by remote viewing to the past correct
1: i don't know, and here 's why <laughs> the observer effect kicks in, right? Uh, and, and, yes. just, and everybody says, oh, okay, well, I just want to go back to the past, and I just want to observe. But the act of observation is an act of measurement, and quantum physics tells us that that creates a change. So here again, we have the paradox jumping up at us, even if we just want to go back and watch. Uh, that observer effect comes into play. Just the fact that you're going back into the past and 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 observing something that already happened, You know, that act alone is going to change the outcome. However, there is something called chronosthesia, and this is called, that's a name for mental time travel. And there's a lot of research going on. This is so fascinating to me because I really believe that we time travel all the time consciously, you know, in in our conscious minds and our subconscious and dreams and deja vu and precognition and remote viewing. We are able to go back to the past. And forward into the future, not physically, and not in any way where we could really alter anything. It's, it's more of a perception. Um, but when you physically go back, you're changing something. You're, right. Your act of observation is changing something. So remote viewing gets really tricky, because are you physically somehow, even though your body's not doing the remote, you know, not going somewhere, you're sending your consciousness now, is your consciousness enough to be considered an observer? so that brings that whole idea of the quantum observer effect into play, and could we mess up the past and future just by doing that? I don't know. Uh,
0: although some people have described remote viewing as uh, some refer to the akashic record and you're simply maybe pull, like it's pulling a video off a, sh- a library shelf and, right. and 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 reviewing something that's already taken place.
1: I like that idea because I feel like remote viewing is people tapping into what Larry and I call the grid, the grid of information, the zero-point field, the Akashic Records. There's so many different names that it's gone by. This field of information that contains past, present, and future, all embedded in it. And we're looking, like you said, it's like going through the old card catalog in a library or you're watching a, a video. So in that sense, and I think that people who are psychic, And uh, when you have an ESP experience, people who um, have precognitive visions or dreams, even deja vu, I think that these are different ways that we are tapping into this field or into this grid and just getting information out of it, but not changing anything.
0: Marie Jones is the author, the co-author of this book, Is From the Future, A Journey Through Portals, Relativity, Wormholes, and Other Adventures in Time Travel. We'll open up the phone lines and uh, make uh, uh, those available for those who want to get in on the discussion, and we'll roll out the phone numbers here in just a moment. Um, But there's another uh, idea, uh, and I think Einstein and some of his colleagues were were touching on this. You mentioned uh, wormholes and and, uh, and black holes and how they may be a, a shortcut. Uh, so that would, in a, in effect, um, uh, do away with the need to uh, a t- obtain um, a light speed. If you can take basically a shortcut from this end of the galaxy to the other uh, by whipping through a, a, a wormhole or, or some, something like that. Uh, so in effect, maybe the entire universe is a time machine, Marie.
1: It could be. You know, wormholes are theoretical. I mean, we know that there are black holes, but... The idea of a wormhole is that you have a black hole at one end, you have sort of a a tube, an invisible tube through time space, that connects to a white hole, which is really just a black hole at another end. It could be another end of our universe, it could be another end in a parallel universe, and there could actually be what are called time wormholes, which connect, say, the past to the present, the present to the future, the future to the past. It's all theoretical, but the idea is that if these exist, and if we can find a way to... Uh, Get around some of the problems such as keeping the the, the throat of the wormhole open so it doesn't turn you into a piece of spaghetti with that that gravitational pull. And, uh, you know, uh, the idea of sending a, a person through a wormhole is still science fiction. But again, the idea is, well, what if something can go through, even a particle? Then we know theoretically it might be extrapolated to something bigger later on down the line. But, you know, wormholes are like the multiverse. They're sort of um, uh, ways around (laughs) the paradoxes and the problems. So until we can prove maybe at the Large Hadron Collider that uh, there are such things as wormholes, you know, it it remains theoretical. Well,
0: uh, getting back to Professor Mallet for a moment, and, and his um, my understanding is incredibly rudimentary, but uh, his idea is that if you could stir the time space fabric mm-hmm. uh, much the same as you would you would stir uh, coffee with a stir stick, right. And you create that little you know that little what would you call that a little whirlpool, whirlpool in there, right? And then if you were to drop something into that whirlpool, that in effect is what you want to create with a time machine. And he's saying that the amount of energy that would be required, you know, to open up a space large enough for a human to fit in would be, I mean, beyond, beyond, beyond our, our ability. It would require the power of several suns, probably. But he theorizes that he could at least send a bits of information through a time right. machine, and right. it could act as an early warning device. So let's say tomorrow there's an earthquake, mm-hmm. we could we could let people know two years, um, you know, back that there's an earthquake coming, and they could prepare
1: Right, exactly. And that's, you know, sending information is sending something on the particulate level. It's not, you're not sending anything physical through. And I know, you know, he had his idea of looped time and, uh, similar to, did you see the movie Contact, Carl Sagan? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm Which, when when she's in the pod and it drops down into that swirling vortex that's created by those giant circular loops
0: like an egg and eater
1: wormhole so it's really similar to that concept and that wormhole will literally take you wherever you want to go in the universe um but yeah i mean it's it, it's something that i think probably in our lifetimes we will i'm hoping for mr mallet's sake we will be able to find a way to send a bit of information and it, it or bit of information or a particle um but wow i mean the technology that we would need you have to move in order for mass to move through a, a wormhole like that i mean you would need some kind of infinite Force behind it, and so many people I know Frank Tipler had this idea of cylinders that were infinite in size that that were spinning so quickly that it, same same idea that it created a vortex and but everything always ends up with infinite in size because that's how much energy you would need to move something like that through. We just don't have any kind of technology like that now. Kaku thinks there are other civilizations out there that might. <laughs> right. Alien civilizations far, far from the future. Um, but we humans don't, so.
0: Well, that, that's interesting because uh, that's one of the theories behind the UFO uh, phenomena is that they are, they're time travelers.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was really shocked, too, to find out that there was a time travel link even to um, the Roswell story, that there was a, a general who uh, was very high up who claimed that he had access to to all of the information, the crash wreckage and the aliens themselves, and that they were not only time travelers, interdimensional time travelers, but that they were us from the future. Uh, We have no proof of that, but...
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, but that, um, I mean, that's the big question. If time travel is possible, people say, well, why aren't there a bunch of time travelers walking around now saying, hey, I'm from the future?
1: Exactly. Well, there are some. <laughs> Do <we believe> them? <laughs> you know, and that's Stephen Hawking. I mean, that was his big uh, uh, idea that, well, hey, come on, If if they're here, where are they?
2: Well, except, uh, and nobody
1: could really ever counter that, except to say that uh you know maybe they just did a drive by or they they didn't want to be seen, they didn't want to be observed, they could be here, we don't know it, maybe we can't see them if they're interdimensional, but yeah, that was his big question well you so,
0: you can't <laughs> travel um you couldn't travel back any further uh than when the time machine is created and then right. turned on right. So (laughs) if I if I create a time machine tomorrow, then in the future, the farthest people can ever travel back in time would be to August 6th, 2012.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. So if they want to go to August fifth, they're you know sol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> eh, there was nothing going on today.
1: <laughs> so, <many, laughs> so many limitations and blocks, and why don't we just forget it and focus on something else? <laughs> but no, I mean you know this is one of the the quests of humanity to to master time, and we're not going to give up till we do it.
0: Unless we already have, and it's sitting in a a warehouse somewhere, a government warehouse locked up in a box. We'll uh, discuss the possibility that maybe we already have devised a time machine. Uh, Back with more of my conversation with Marie Jones. This book is from the future, a journey through portals, relativity, wormholes, and other adventures in time travel. Join the adventure. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Marie Jones is with us. This book is from the future, uh, co-written by her partner, Larry Flaxman. And um, how many books is this for you now, Marie?
1: For me, it's ten.
0: Ten. Wow.
1: Five with there. This is our fifth book together.
0: 2013, the end of days or a new beginning, uh, super volcano, the catastrophic event that changed the course of human history. You wrote that one with your dad, right?
1: I did, yeah. 1111,
0: the time prompt phenomenon, the Trinity secret. Uh, the deja vu enigma. Well, the deja vu enigma, that, uh, you, we sort of touched on that earlier, how deja vu may in fact be sort of, uh, a time travel. Although, you know, the, the skeptics, God bless the skeptics and the debunkers, they, they love to, to keep us pinned to the ground. They have these <laughs> wonderful romantic, uh, romantic, uh, uh, explanations for things. Well, deja vu is because one optical nerve is shorter than the other.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, People are lying about deja vu. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: But how is déjà vu a a, a, a time travel experience, do you think?
1: Well, it's more of a possible multiverse or parallel universe experience because the idea is – and yet here I'll explain how it's related to time travel – When people have deja vu, most of the time, the sensation that you get is that you exist in two places at once where you're doing the same thing, talking to the same person, saying the same words, you know what words are going to come out of their mouth next. It's like you're having a dual experience or a memory of something that is happening as it happens, which, of course, is impossible. How can you have a memory of something that's happening as it happens, but that's what it is? Where the idea of time and time travel comes into play is that a lot of people who have deja vu also have. What we call add-on experiences, so for example, some people may have deja vu when they're in a certain location, and they get a sense that they've been there before they may get a flashback to a past uh, you know past life or or just a, a vision or a flashback of that location with them in it, but it's a thousand years earlier. Other people may have a deja vu event and also experience a precognitive Uh, vision or notion that may come true later. We talked to some people who uh, actually, this is interesting, who had a dream of something. And then two, three weeks later had deja vu. And right at that time, what they dreamt about happened. And in this one particular case, it was a car accident. The person was actually able to avoid getting killed because they had not only had a precognitive dream, but the deja vu sort of served as a wake up reminder So, deja vu is such a fascinating phenomenon because it's linked to so many other things. You know, the the skeptics have tried to explain it away as a memory glitch, a brain glitch, a one-eye perception before the other, and and none of those have really worked. There's an awful lot of real serious scientific research going on into deja vu because there is the idea that it is some kind of perception of another uh, level of reality. So... It may not involve, it involve any kind of time, but some people do report that it does. I've never had a past life déjà vu. Um, mine are always just feeling like I'm in two places at once, and everything is happening at the same time. But
0: um, back in the, uh, I think it was the '60s, there was a, a book that came out. It's since recently, fairly recently, been translated, but it was. Um, uh, there was a um this eccentric priest and he claimed that the the Vatican had a time machine i think his name was father ernetti or something and yeah. it was it was called the chronovisor
1: right yes we have a little thing about it in the book yeah, and and let me see if I can find it because it's very little information on that, obviously. <laughs> yes,
0: but this, yeah, Father Ernetti, was it now, if I'm remembering correctly, Father Ernetti uh, claimed that he had devised this, this, uh, this chronovisor device and he could look, you know, he could, he could look back into the depths of time. Right. Um, right. B- but, um.
1: Yeah. Who, at, nobody ever saw it. You know, that's the problem. We've had people who claim that they were part of, uh, DARPA, you know, yes, there are people that claim that they were part of these experiments, that DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, for Mm -hmm. those who don't know what DARPA stands for. Well, there are a number of people that are out there doing interviews and and events and YouTube videos claiming that they were part of a project uh, involving time travel. Uh, Andrew Bishago. um, Project Pegasus, yeah. Exactly. And there's a number of different experiments that may have been done at different times. One of them involves something called the Montauk chair. Yes. And this was done at Montauk, which many people who have looked into the Philadelphia experiment, uh, these, you know, what we call time travel conspiracies, that this uh, Montauk was uh, in Camp Hero, New York, a location where supposed top secret research was done involving manipulation of the electromagnetic field. But there are also people who claim that they were doing time travel experimentation involving this type of chair that you could sit in, and it would enter a wormhole, and you would go into the future, go into the past. These people were told to gather information or to observe things. I know Andy Perro claimed that he went back to uh, World War II so there are several gentlemen that we write about uh, Dr. Dan Burish who claimed he worked for the Majestic program, Area 51, where they had Project Looking Glass that-
0: Alright, we'll, um, we're breaking up a little bit there, but we'll listen, we'll um, we'll take a time out do some business, come back and continue to discuss time travel, and uh, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind uh, just talking about Andrew Bechego and Project Pegasus just for a moment I had an opportunity to sit and talk with him at length so we can uh, discuss that as well. Marie Jones, this book is from the future. Or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serin. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740. Welcome back. This book is from the future. That's the latest book from Marie Jones and her partner Larry Flaxman, A Journey Through Portals, Relativity, Wormholes, and Other Adventures in Time Travel. And... uh, we were mentioning, uh, DARPA and, and uh, some of these other, uh, programs that allegedly are involved in time travel experiments. Mm-hmm. And, um, the name Andrew Bichago came up and, and, Project Pegasus and I, I, um, I've had Andrew on the, on the, on the show a couple of times and I, I met with him and, uh, and spoke to him at length for my TV show when he was living up in, uh, the state of Washington, uh, in, in Vancouver, Washington. Anyway, seems like a very uh intelligent he's a very likable guy um, and uh, i came away th- you know thinking he's either a great actor uh because he delivers you know th- this scenario with such sincerity and believability or right. he's delusional uh <laughs> Or, I don't know, he's a he's a h- a highly trained uh, d- disinformation agent. I don't know what to make of, of the story, except that it's so detailed and so...
1: That's, oh, that's it. The yeah. detail is amazing, and it's repeated. And this is the problem that I have, and I and I, don't, I, and I would never, ever claim to know the truth because I wasn't there. But I have a real problem with anybody who can remember that much detail, because I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. Right. Exactly. And, I, and I've had this discussion with a number of people that uh, some of these gentlemen will tell the same story, and I'm not saying story that it's fictional, I'm just saying what happened, what they believe happened, uh, with such detail that never changes. And we're talking names, dates, what people were wearing, locations, and, and it never changes, and it's very precise. And yet most of us, honest, you know, we can't remember what we did yesterday. And we certainly can't remember what other people were wearing. or And th- these things happened quite a while ago. So that's one of the things that always comes up when we hear, when we talk about the chrononaut stories. Uh, you know, are they savants? Um, are they disinformation specialists that have photographic memories? Or did this happen to them? And it's so ingrained in their being, because it was just so amazing that they remember every detail. Maybe when something like that happens to you, you literally, you know, you're like a sponge. But that's the same problem. I'm so glad you said the word details, because that was the problem that I had. How how do they remember this so well, uh, it's it's amazing. And, and, you know, but then it sort of crosses the line, because the whole idea that Barack Obama was one of the chrononauts, a lot of people (laughs) was announced. So it's like, maybe this really was happening. Maybe DARPA really did have some research going into what they called quantum tunneling and time warp fields and and wormholes, because certainly these theories have been around for a long time. And we all know that There's research going on that we're not made privy to, so maybe there's something to it. But then you hear something like, you know, Barack Obama went to Mars, and it just, to me, blows all credibility. Well, Um, that
0: sounds like someone who is setting up the straw man argument. So you've got maybe someone who's out there talking about legitimate time travel experiments, and so... Maybe someone from naval intelligence who, who wants to discredit that person creates oh, the straw man and says, oh, look at this person over here. He's making such ridiculous arguments in favor right. of time travel. They can must- be true? Yeah, they're That's all crazy.
1: right. And you just have no idea what to believe. And, you know, and these these are people who are genuine and likable. But, again, it's that attention to detail that just blows my mind because – I, you know, doing research for these books, I like to think that I can remember a lot of things. I don't remember half of what's in this book without having to go back and look through it. Let alone be able to recite something that happened to me what, back in the seventies. Uh, forget it. I couldn't do it.
0: But do you think that that uh, a DARPA or whomever is actually experimenting with, I don't know, time dilation or, or something? I mean, you got to figure. Oh, <laughs>
1: I'm sure they are, I, but here's like I said, there's research going on out at CERN at the at the collider with with particles and black holes and trying to find parallel universes. But here's the problem that I have: if DARPA or the Department of Defense or anybody else is doing this stuff, I would tend to think that they would be engaging. And who knows, maybe they are. The most brilliant theoretical physicists out there. Now, when you have guys like Brian Greene and, and Michio Kaku and Stephen Hawking and, and Lisa Randall, all these brilliant physicists who are still struggling with the theory of time travel, I, I would kind of think that they might be in the loop if there really was time travel research going on. One would but think. If I'm saying it's impossible at this point, then... I would question their education. I don't know. I see a little bit of a disconnect there between the scientists that are, that are out there talking about time travel and what the government or military, quote unquote, them might be doing. Um, but who knows?
0: I, I, um, recently, um, met with two members of the Roadrunners International. This is a, a group, um, made up primarily of, former military, former CIA, and former defense contractors who have some connection to Area 51 or Groom Lake or whatever they're calling it these days. And some of these people worked on the U-2 spy plane. And Anyway, these two gentlemen could not confirm that they worked in Area 51, but they hinted very strongly that they did. And, uh, I was sort of asking them about the whole, you know, uh, uh, what is Area 51 being used for? Are they back engineering UFO technology? Are they, they doing alien autopsies and so forth? And they said, what's going on inside Area 51 is far more interesting than that. And I, my jaw hit the floor. I said, what could possibly- what be more interesting than yes, that? Yes. They, they were saying that the stuff that's going on inside Area 51, it's, first of all, they assured me it's it's all man-made it has nothing to do with uh, you know extraterrestrials they right. said but but the the technology there is 50 years beyond what you can even imagine it's it, and that's where the security is so tight they said if this stuff were to be made known to the public we wouldn't be able to cope with it we we, we wouldn't be able to fathom
1: oh, what's going yeah, and on and you there. know yeah i'm thinking di- uh, interdimensional uh, parallel universes time travel i mean those are the mind blowing things exactly it's, it's, yeah it's hard to i mean It's not hard. I mean, it's one thing to accept that they're aliens, because I think we've been bombarded with pop culture, and this sort of prepared us for that. Uh, But yeah, if somebody were to say to me, hey, guess what? At Area 51, they've proven that there are 16,000 parallel universes, and you exist in eight of them. We saw you. You That might blow my mind a little. Yeah,
0: and and they went on to explain that it it was the U.S. military that created the whole UFO uh a, a buzz as a cover story because people would uh would be so sort of you know hypnotized and preoccupied wow. with that their their attention would be diverted to what's really going on there, which as they say is even far more. Mind blowing, which
1: that's gonna, that's gonna break a whole lot of hearts, though, for people <laughs> that really want there to be aliens and you folks. We'd like, ah, oh, you're kidding. All you have out there are parallel universes. Geez, bang!
0: <laughs> the great disappointment. Think,
1: absolutely. I mean, time travel, if we're if the public is interested in it, you got to know that the people with the power and the, the brains are way ahead of us. I can't even imagine what they might be doing that's 50 years ahead of, of anything imaginable.
0: No, uh, it, yeah, it's, it boggles the mind. Jean is in a Hello, Jean. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show.
2: Oh yes, hello. Um, I love your show, by the way. Thank you. And uh, yes, uh, there was a movie that I really enjoyed. It was called Somewhere in Time.
1: Oh, a classic! <laughs> is that Pardon? the one with that's the one with Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. correct. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. And he went back in time, and uh, what brought him back to present day? He had a coin in his pocket that was from the future, and that um, apparently that brought him back from the past to the future.
1: It was sort of a a marker or or a, a trigger.
0: Right, right. Well, it's uh, certainly a very romantic portrayal.
2: Would he be lying on the bed trying to hypnotize himself to go back? You're not really sure if his whole body leaves? It sounds ridiculous, but... That's the magic of movies, is
1: that (laughs) they they can tell you these wonderful stories that might be based on a little bit of science and theory. Uh, but, you know, that's the, the wonderful thing about fiction and, and films is that they can take the ideas of real science and just really go to town with them. And, uh, but, you know, it's all based on things that scientists at the time were actually thinking about and talking about. And actually hypnosis is one form of mental time travel that, that is taken seriously as a way to send the brain, the memory and consciousness into another time.
0: Uh, Yes, and the whole idea of uh, regression uh, is very controversial, and whether you can,
1: or Mm -hmm.
0: whether you can recover repressed memories and so forth. Uh, Because uh, I mean, it's an interesting concept. Whether the past is actually sort of an objective thing. I mean, is there just one past? Everyone perceives the past very differently, and so which past are you going back to?
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: The the world does seem uh, to remain transfixed with the whole idea. We had Somewhere in Time, which is about 1980, I think that came out, and then I think probably most recently was uh, The Time Traveler's Wife, which came out a couple of years ago, which is actually a pretty good movie.
1: It was. There's one coming out with Bruce Willis called Looper. Um, I think that's coming out in a month or or maybe even less. And uh, What's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt who plays a younger version of Bruce Willis. There have been so many time travel movies and books and TV shows. It, obviously, it's an obsession and a fascination that is not going to go away until we figure it out, if we ever do.
0: Paradoxes aside, Marie, if you could travel to the past, where where would you go? When would you go?
1: I would go back to my early childhood. That's it. Most people say, oh, high school or college. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I would go back to my early childhood, or I would go back to when my son was younger so I could relive his, his years. <laughs> that's <not> right, that's <laughs> but I don't that. think I would really want to go back. I, I'm happy with the way it is, and I don't want to mess anything up. I would be afraid.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the paradox is, yeah, it's a minefield for sure. And the future? Would you be interested in traveling to the future?
1: No. No, I want it to be a surprise unless it was way in the future where it wasn't going to involve me anyway but uh, no i think i want my future to be see my fear would be is that if i knew something was going to happen i would either make it happen when maybe it shouldn't have or not make it happen when it should have so i'd rather not know
0: good answers because you know i think that i think the 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 danger you know wanting to travel to the future preoccupying yourself with the past uh you know right. people that are that are that are mired in nostalgia is that they're 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 missing out on the ever-present now right
1: absolutely and aren't we humans like that we live half our lives worrying about the past half our lives worrying about the future we're never in the present moment where we should be
0: exactly and so uh, but let's look ahead to the future what are you working on marie and what's up next
1: Oh my gosh! Well, Larry and I just pitched a couple of ideas to our publisher, so we don't really know what we're doing next with that. But uh, a lot of promotion for this book, speaking at some big events coming up, and uh, it's all on our website, which is paraexplorers dot com. Always keeping busy.
0: What do you? What else do you do at Para Explorers?
1: Uh, that's just our website for we, we Do Books. We've written a couple of screenplays together. We're thinking about doing a fictional series based on some of the research in our books. We have our own radio show now uh, called Parafringe Radio on every other Tuesday. And we have excuse me, e-books that we're doing. So that's just sort of the dumping ground for everything that Larry and I do together. I have my own website, which is mariedjones.com. Um, But everything that Larry and I have together can be seen at Para Explorers.
0: Marie, always a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure as well. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Good night. Marie Jones, this book is from the future. And um, I've got a website I can plug as well, uh, richardserrett.com, S-Y-R-E-T-T dot com. And that's where you'll find all the information about upcoming shows, past shows, uh, there's even a um, a classified document uh, uh, a page where you can look up um, declassified oh it 's all good stuff check it out Richardserrat